Hey, welcome back to Somi's Chai and Chat. December is here. We are almost ending 2020 and let's end it very strong. To do the same, I am bringing a very special episode talking to president of an organization who distributes computers, laptops, electronic gadgets to people who are in need. And the organization is called PCs for Refugees. They are in Arizona. Their office is in Tempe, Arizona, near ASU. And they have been incredibly busy during COVID times. Because as we all know, hey, we are all on internet and everything is virtual. Stay tuned. Yasin, welcome to Somi's Chai and Chat. I'm very honored to be talking to you on the show and spread the word to all our listeners about the incredible work you have been doing along with your wife, Shahana, and all the pieces that you have been donating, working hard to fix them, also empowering people who need these electronic devices during this virtual 2020 year. It's certainly my pleasure, Soumya. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. <laughs> oh, you're, you're very sweet. It is very weird that I just knew you from uh, our green group. Initially, I think it started a year and a half ago, and uh, there were a lot of um, conversations in the beginning, a lot of exchanges happening about questions and messages and uh, ideas about living more environmentally friendly way. There were a few of us who were very active in the group, and especially you were also one of them. The top one I remember is um, iron pan for cooking and how easiest method to include iron in our food. We Mm -hmm. don't need to take supplements or go for any other alternatives. And that's how I got introduced to you first and... uh, and you also shared how to keep it uh, rust-free and all those things, which um, I thought was easier than you know go, going on Google and searching and reading and watching YouTube videos. It is just quicker when you have somebody who's explaining what you're doing or what you should be doing and in the very most easiest way. And after that, you were, uh, we decided that we will host earth day event that was in 1919 yeah and you volunteered to (laughs) host it in your volunteering office space which was one of the kindest gestures i thought and um, and we had a few guests who came in and spoke there about various things and that's how i got to know you not just as a person who's involved with green initiatives or interested to do more for the environment, but whole for the community. Mm-hmm. So this is a perfect segue to going into your voluntary uh, commitment, which you, which is probably your first baby. Sure. So uh, the name of the organization is Pieces for Refugees. And uh, coming from India and coming from a very humble background, uh, as somebody who learned to learned about computers or learned to use a computer without having a computer. Uh, so basically my dad will go to a computer course and he'll come back home and draw it. And, you know, if you don't know the, the, um, the math notebooks we have back home, uh, it'll just have a small margin on the left side and a big rough column on the right side. So he'll basically draw everything that happens in the, uh, when you use a computer, like, oh, this is what is called a command prompt, and this is what it looks like, this is called a cursor, and you basically make it, you know, I can literally visualize everything, and that's how it started. So as somebody who has been uh, or come, who comes from such a background, um, I realize that, you know, I do a lot of other volunteering. I used to be volunteering in so many different places, so many different kinds of uh, contributions back home in India. Uh, as well as here in the U.S. after, I mean, I've been here for 11 years. So in 2016, we went to go help a family 
in in um, West Valley, uh, and then we we were there. The mom had gone through a surgery, so she was um, uh, going through brain surgery, and then the kids were like really young kids. So we were helping them pay their rent and you know help with some food, uh, you know supplies and things like grocery stuff. And then I came across. I mean, I've been doing this since 2011, actually, without actually a recognized organization or a registered organization as such. Uh, so many other organizations like uh, Vincent de Paul and uh, such. I we used to go volunteer. And when I see people there, uh, especially young chaps who don't have a computer or sometimes will have a totally broken or broken phone. um i was really moved by their their need for such technology or devices uh, especially to be in touch with people or to find directions and what not or maybe even find a job so in 2016 i came across this we basically crossed path the this organization as such was found by my friend named uh, riyads bai uh, he he is a syrian by origin and so when the syrian war happened uh he basically went on facebook and begged for computers and such and that's how he came to uh found this you know be a founder for this organization at that stage and then i was uh, you know going helping these families and these kids were playing with uh, ipads and i was like okay this doesn't make sense like what is going on here how is this actually working and uh, like we were really uh, each kid was having an ipad and to the really new ones as well so i was just curious and so i asked them uh, where did you guys i mean how did you guys buy this and then the the kids were telling oh this brother uh, gave me this etc etc and that's how we crossed paths with the organization and i've been with uh, pcs for refugees since 2016 and what i had done from 2011 till 2016 was a total of about 14 15 computers best case which i used to get from my uh, from my old clients and such and then give it to Uh, high school kids whom i think uh, would use it best or uh, there is there was a kid shelter called umom kid shelter so when i go there when i see some of these kids i'll give them a computer but once we once i joined hands with pcs for refugees um uh, that that said like in one year we'll give 300 computers yeah. so that's basically what we do so we we at pcs for refugees though it is actually started for refugees we we mostly help others also as long as we can verify the story uh, you know because these resources are not easy for us to find either so we help the refugee community here in the valley we operate only uh, within the us mostly just arizona very rarely anything outside arizona uh, primarily primarily from phoenix and uh, tucson so our main office here is, is here we are being bases here and we have some uh, people come and help or uh, organizations uh, you know other resettlement agencies having their satellite points in uh, tucson and so we give them computers uh, for for people the community refugee community in uh, tucson so that's how i come you know i i came across the organization been a part of the organization since as of now i'm kind of the acting president uh, and shahana my wife is uh, is actually my boss she takes care of everything make sure i'm taking care of stuff uh, and our you know we can't do anything without our partners uh, welcome to america project az strut all these folks and uh, so many other donors like uh, temple high uh, i mean so innumerable I mean, so many churches so many synagogues mosques all kinds of people help us uh, a great deal and of course all the you know the public the general donations also uh, help us do what we do uh to serve the uh, refugee community so that's basically how, where i come from what i do i mean for the nonprofit work and uh, how the nonprofit organization came to be very nice uh, yeah seen very nice to know it's inspiring that it started with the syrian war it wherever it happened and then you know that butterfly effect you mm-hmm. call it and mm-hmm. people ha- start doing things in different places so that positivity starts spreading and uh, this new organization started in arizona and people are uh, being helped and their quality of life being improved that is very nice to know and especially kids who would not have access to it otherwise absolutely yeah so the 
the whole uh, premises our primary goal is to make sure the families become self sustaining uh, at the shortest time possible and it is really detrimental for the kids to be able to learn the language learn english assimilate uh, to the culture and the society here make sure they become contributing you know responsible citizens for this country i mean the whole the whole idea is this country is accommodating them and giving them the space for for them to you know get a basic almost be reborn and we want to make sure they are properly equipped for that to be possible at least given the day and age of uh, everything tech uh, schools are also fully tech driven these days they need their laptops and uh, their chromebooks and uh, you know tablets and what not <clears throat> so it is uh, that is one of the most important things and of course they the families use the apart from the kids learning uh, stuff from you know using the computers uh, you know be it uh, learning english uh, you know learning typing typewriting skills uh, they also learn a lot of other things some some do coding learn learn to figure how to do coding and uh, uh, all this navigation you know maps and job searches and it's it's very interesting it's i mean it, there is nothing rewarding than actually walking into these households giving these computers to the families and the kids being so excited and every time you meet them they they would have improved uh, there are so many stories i could share i mean something something that are like uniquely standing out uh, one of the stories is uh, there's this is a congolese kid uh, he's been here for about 5 years um, so goes to these schools and he has never passed a math test and suddenly one day he passes his math exam and his teachers think that he was cheating so so his his his, uh, his teacher asks him you know pulls him out and say hey what's going on like you know did you cheat this and that and say no i have a computer at home now i have internet and i have a computer i got this from this organization and uh, i'm going online and doing all this stuff and so like they they did not believe him so they called this mother he doesn't have a father he, he the mom was brought in and when they inquired they said yeah i don't know what he's doing but he has this big screen and he's sitting in front of it always but i i guess that is working out good and so the and then once they figured it actually was the computer that helped him uh, you know learn uh, mathematics and be able to at least pass the test for the, you know for as starters mm-hmm. uh, they were really impressed uh, and they were so moved by the uh, the efforts uh, the professor the uh, principal of the school actually wrote a big letter to us and she was very excited and also wanted to make sure there are other other kids and families who are in such needs will be catered by us so that's that's one very i mean this is a kid right and the, and what he is doing he is now going to asu i'm talking like 3 4 years ago now uh now he is in asu he teaches he kind of runs its own his own community level uh nonprofit so to speak he has a small center within the apartment complex takes laptops which don't have batteries from us means that they have to be plugged in always he loans them to these kids he teaches them english uh, you know that's that's the best thing you can expect the the community to Uh, you know the kids to take benefits uh, from you and grow and be able to contribute back uh, to the community and nurture them you know take it to the next stage next level so that's that's awesome so that's one very interesting story there is another story there is another case where it was a syrian family uh, a bunch of kids like really young kids i think there were about 6 or 7 kids and uh, all their grandfather who was uh, in his 80s then um we gave them at that time we were really low on supply so we just give generally if it is five and up in a family especially kids we give them two desktops mm-hmm. uh, if you have a high schooler and they get straight as we'll give them a, a laptop if somebody is going to a college we some way or the other we'll find a laptop for them mm-hmm. uh, now in this case this family was just a you know a few very really young kids elementary school uh, goers so we just give them one desktop and we constantly keep getting bombarded by phones and phone you know, phone calls and messages from this family these these girls keep calling us and we figured what happening what's what was happening is that the grandfather wanted to learn english so he was sitting in front of the computer and occupying it always so the kids wanted to use the computer <laughs> that was so funny and uh, we it, i mean that is that's so interesting to see even you know at that age 
he wanted to learn um, so we we made sure we gave them two extra computers and wow. immediately for the kids and the and the uh, adults can also use it and use it for the right purpose that's the best thing you can expect out of it it's a tool that that opens a window you know it's a big library with the internet uh, on you know that they get they get access to as long as it is rightly rightfully you know it's used in the right purposes used uh, appropriately that's that's the best thing that uh, that could happen uh, to somebody who is really motivated and driven uh, of course based on other tools and techni- technologies and whatnot is needed uh, but that that's something that is definitely good to get started with so uh, there are so many other stories like this but i this these two are my favorite <laughs> that is it's really touching to hear that and i can feel the energy of uh, the kid you know when mm-hmm. it just i can imagine when i got something that i would really really want and how i would feel probably that kid felt the same way or even more excited about it absolutely uh, yeah yeah when you yearn for something when you don't have something and when you long for it right and you get it uh, that that's that's so it's a blessing <laughs> so it is yeah. and i think you have to yearn for it you it, if it just comes mm-hmm. to you then you don't respect or you don't use the same to the full potential that it should be used <laughs> right yeah that's that, that's one of our uh, reasons like we do uh, ask the kids sometimes even if it is not a high schooler and the kids want a laptop mm-hmm. kids generally are not really good with laptops you know they have sticky fingers or they, it's very delicate equipment and it's not easy to fix a laptop should something like even if a, a single key is gone it's it's not easy to fix it uh, but when when kids wanted to be wanted to have a laptop then we'll say okay get me straight a's and they'll do everything they can to make sure they get the straight a's and they get a laptop like well we have to keep our promises so we give them the laptop that they deserve so that's that's a one way for us to motivate and incentivize their their efforts that is amazing i mean you're also not only you're just you're giving the electronic that the laptop you're also motivating them to keep uh, learning and once they know that it is they put effort in getting a's then they would know that they would not want to go back to b's or c's later absolutely yeah that's uh, that's like win win situation mm-hmm. or big win win situation so yeah thank you for doing this this is very very inspiring <laughs> oh, it's just it's just a little thing we could do i mean i i have all these skills i you know i'm on a i'm on a visa in this country mm-hmm. so uh back home i had my own businesses i did computer assembling sales and service and all that back home mm-hmm. uh that's part of how i i earned to go to college uh to to pay for my own tuition so i have all these skills but when i you know with my h1 and all that i have to, i have said that this is what i'll do and that is all software related so i cannot use these skills to you know in a professional environment but i have all these skills i don't want to waste it and if it could be put to use that is always going to be good for any you know something or the other right either either benefiting the I mean, even if i don't get monetary benefits out of it it is still going to help somebody like you do in software you have all these skills you do something in healthcare you do something for a billing system you know everything is actually our contribution to the world though we we do get some remuneration out of it but in this case i have all these skills but i can't use it at all because of my h1 regulations mm-hmm. so why not so that's that's why i i was you know driven to do this because you know getting i mean that's something i love to do as well you know the smell of the computers all the electronic components and all that that's 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 like you know that makes me high <laughs> oh, that's awesome that is that's very good i'm i'm sure there would be many listeners here who would be thinking but they don't know what to do and i think your what you're sharing the message would help them to guide or to help them to navigate through those confusions and sure. um, yeah so i really hope that uh, it's it's an answer because so many of us come here and we don't have visa permit to do so many things we would want to do mm-hmm. and um, volunteering would be one of the several ways where we can explore our passions and um, give it 100% yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, like the refugees, right? Uh, even in my case, almost everything I have is earned and provided from this country. I mean, my country, you know, India did everything that it, it could. I, I love my country, but being here for 11 years, everything I have is from this culture, from the society. So we, I mean, being a part of the society, it's, it's our responsibility to contribute and give something back. Uh, and time is the best thing anybody could contribute. So if you have a lot of time that you are spending on something else like Netflix or YouTube or you know, things like that, it means that, I mean, it's, it's good. You, you, need to, you need to have your own R&R, but I think each one of us should try to find time for us to find ways to, communi- uh, to uh, uh, contribute back to the community. There are so many things that happen in the Valley, especially in Arizona, in Phoenix, um, you know, unlike other places where you, you know, weather might be a big uh, you know, detrimental factor. Here, uh, you can you can volunteer in national parks. You could volunteer in libraries. Um, there are so many volunteering organizations here. Uh, there is one like bicycle recycle your bicycle phantom cyclists for that matter. Welcome to America project, which is all our partners basically. Uh, there are plenty of nonprofit uh, and volunteering opportunities. So. Uh, and of course, you know, we have all this, uh, the, the uh, mosques and churches and synagogues and whatnot. So the temples, uh, one way or the other, I mean, we, we always tend to be close to what it is. So, uh, we know what we are very familiar with, but if you explore these options, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you'll find different interests. You'll find different people. Like I did not even think about finding computers and giving out to these families until I actually went to Vincent de Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they serve food, they prepare and serve food to the homeless there. And when I see these men sometimes, you know, wear all kinds of, you know, really, uh, you know, um, what do you call, uh, uh, really used up clothes and whatnot, they'll still carry, like I said, a, a completely beaten up phone, uh, like half screen working laptop, mm-hmm. uh, and a broken basically, things like that. So which means that they have a need for it. They are so in need of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't see it. Uh, but you know, the little bit we could do uh, is just the best thing. I mean, there are. So, I mean, like an organization like Feed My Starving Children, for example, is um, it's so much fun. I think most of the corporates these days take people to the organization. So Feed My Star uh, Feed My Starving Children is FMSC is one of my favorites because it is so much teamwork uh, and a great icebreaker. If you make a bunch of new friends, you can just go there and act as a team, do it in a fast-paced, fun, easy to do kind of environment and enjoy it. So that's also a bit of enjoyment. Kids will love it. Kids will see that as an inspiration, right? We we have to make sure our kids also, you know, look at it in that perspective and contribute something back to the community. So uh, it's all fun. Everything will will come back. Everything will be paid forward. <laughs> so I, I what I like about feed uh, FMSC is that uh, end and they'll talk about where the food will go and uh, impact. Yeah. Act, which is I think uh, for, for kids especially they would mm-hmm. they would know geographically they would know where the food is going and um, if they don't know that other other people don't have the same other kids would not have the same things they are getting here mm-hmm. it's a whole new perspective for them to even grasp that idea that our kid kids wouldn't even have a have a one, one meal or they would be eating what they were packing at that time yeah yeah yeah, absolutely have you tried their uh, try their food towards the end they'll have small cups of it to try have you tried it yes of course (laughs) (laughs) it is uh, tasty i mean i did like the the taste of it and uh, it's it's good it's good and i'm happy that it's uh, nutritious as well Mm there they have supplements in um, added in there and um, yeah. yeah, and also uh, an organization like FMSC, the way they structure, I mean, they can, they have the luxury to do it. Unlike our cases, we cannot actually do that. That's a simple process to do, just pack the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in our cases, almost every computer you deal with is quite unique to do. I mean, unless you get uh, pallets of computers of the same kind, uh, you won't be able to do such a easy, you know, process line kind of thing, conveyor belt mechanism. Uh, but it's lovely how they have structured it and made it so enjoyable. 
Um, I, I mean, FMSC is one of my favorite, favorite places to volunteer. Of course, once I started doing a lot of stuff with PCs for refugees and that's keeping me really busy, mm -hmm. it's almost just once in a year we do FMSC mm -hmm. these days. Mm -hmm. You're doing this here, which is also needed. And uh, mm -hmm. we don't realize how much electronics has taken up our life. We are occupied, but the, for them who do not have it, it's a, it's a need now. It's a need for the life technology. <laughs> yeah, especially we realize that even more uh, when COVID happened and everything is online, right? Uh, all their education is happening online. Uh, when kids don't have computers and schools don't have enough laptops or computers to to uh, to let you know lend the kids, mm -hmm. they're basically stuck. They have there is no way they can continue their education, and also they need to have webcams, which are like shows. You know, such a shortage of <laughs> webcams in the markets now. It's hard to find any reliable like a known brand of uh, webcam online these days. Mm -hmm. If you just go to Amazon, you can't even find it. So webcams, headsets, and the whole sudden jump of need of uh, laptops, mm -hmm. it was so uh, so difficult for us to meet it. Uh, we struggled quite a bit. We ended up giving, so what we had planned to do in about three months, which is about 200 to 300 lab, uh, computers, mm -hmm. we ended up giving in just about a month, a little less than a month, actually. Wow. wow. It, uh, yeah, and sometimes these kids are like old enough, or almost the same age and high school age, then they end up getting... Uh, you know, needing two devices because they are having classes at the same time. So it was uh, it was quite overwhelming given the pandemic situation. But uh, like you rightly said, these devices, it's, it's just so uh, unfathomable that you are having to cater to such needs. I mean, hey, it would have been simple to have a blackboard and, uh, you know, a chalk and be, be done with it. It's just about education at that point. But, you know, because of the restrictions of uh, the situation, we don't have a choice but to do it online. Uh, and you need to have reliable computers, reliable internet connection, everything plays a role. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, at this day and age, I don't think we, there, is, there is anything we could do to avoid that. True, true. Yeah. I have a question, Yasin. How do... Mm -hmm how do they get internet connection like you are giving them laptop or phones or whatever so how do they do they have to pay for it or do they get internet connection along with some deal or how does that yeah so yeah they do pay for it most of them will qualify uh, for uh, so cox has a program called connect to compete mm -hmm. um, so they the, the the internet connection is just $9.99 a month Mm -hmm. So as long as the kids are in the, you know, the lunch program and things like that, and as long as they qualify, basically belong to a specific set of school districts, uh, then they can apply for it and get it. So $10 a month is what they pay for the internet. In some cases, they won't qualify. Uh, we have been, uh, we've been actually working on, so some of the other nonprofits that we partner with, uh, AZ Strut, for example, uh, and along with AZ Strut, a few other organizations like uh, Arizona, um, a blockchain initiative and such. So we've been trying to start another nonprofit, which is called the AZ Tech for Good, uh, which is about uh, digital inclusion. And that is just not, so in our case, PCs for Refugees is exclusive for uh, refugees, though it is 99% refugees and I mean, it is exclusive technically, right? So the, that organization, what we are trying to do is to um, take care of all the other communities, whoever is in need of it, uh, you know, the Native Americans um, and other underprivileged, uh, you know, families and uh, uh, low-income families and whatnot. So in that case, we have been trying to, you know, build a mesh network, find internet connections or other providers, ISPs, who will give us uh, internet for even, you know, $10 or even cheaper, and also work with uh, the libraries to see if we'll be able to build these mesh network and hotspots. Uh, so the uh, possibilities of having the internet connection expanded out to these communities. And most of these refugees and families live in apartment complexes, quite quite concentrated, actually. Mm -hmm. So we've been exploring such possibilities. But as of now, uh, Cox Connect to Compete is how uh, most of the refugee community is uh, surviving. In some cases, they won't qualify. And of course, they end up paying 40 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. But that's a good start, at least. Um, if they can, yep. they have yep. the information and uh, if they can get for ten dollars that is pretty good 
absolutely yeah so we give them a device so we give them either a desktop or a laptop uh so you give you know the usual bundle a keyboard mouse uh, monitor uh, speakers so, and uh, your actual device the the computer chassis itself and then uh, it also comes with a wifi dongle or inbuilt wifi we don't give any routers or anything of that sort so cox uh, will provide them with a modem router modem so that's how they take care of this that's the device that comes from cox and also the uh, monthly subscription is of 10 bucks so that's how it's, it it works out and then sometimes you know the families also manage to have some kind of phone plans and they do tethering with their phones Uh, especially yeah, if if they're in a place where i mean sometimes in based on where they get uh, resettled or based on their actual situations you know some cases there might not there might be some kind of hate crime kind of things and they end up running to different communities and such mm-hmm. uh, where they might not be able to get cox at all and other providers don't have such uh, you know cost efficient uh, services so they end up getting cell phone uh you know the data plans and then try to use it on their computers yeah 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 so the, the next uh, next organization you're starting that uh, also sounds very interesting we can talk about that another time and uh, once you are more settled down and uh, you are more maybe you're in still in the planning stage I'm assuming absolutely yeah we are and also covid caused a significant delay in that we we weren't able to meet the board of directors uh, and the actual core committee so yeah we i mean we have really big plans for it and we want to be there because we want to go see all these uh, these reservation in you know areas and you know, help walk with the phoenix library uh, it was very colorful project but unfortunately the pandemic happened so hopefully next year we'll make sure we'll get there mm-hmm. yeah um so how many refugees are there in phoenix and tucson you said you you cater to people in phoenix and tucson right how mm-hmm. we have, i have no idea how many refugees are there i yeah I, there is a big uh, uh huge community of refugees i mean it, it depends on how you qualify irc has a specific way of uh seeing how long a refugee is treated to be a refugee okay uh, yeah uh, but as for i mean we have, we ourselves have given computers to almost 7000 people in the last 4 uh, 5 years wow so What's you can see <laughs> so, impact 7000 yeah and there are people who've been here for longer like 5 years 6 years here uh, mm-hmm. who doesn't even who don't even know about us or who is not in touch with the case workers who those who don't know that they can get a computer so we don't even know about them uh, so i would uh, i would get i mean also people move uh within the state within the country uh, all all that so right. i i so there is a big mm-hmm. there is a big population so tucson and phoenix combined i i would think it'll it'll probably be uh, let's say 15 maybe 20000 to 30000 mm, just the refugee community at least i'm not sure yeah yeah that's a pretty big um, area of refugees to be covering just if you just take even those two main cities mm-hmm. and yeah there there could be other possible ways of categorizing who would qualify as a refugee and who would not so which keeps varying a lot of variables there yeah yeah and where are they from mostly majority of them who you have um, catered to it keeps changing i think uh, most of them are from congo or syria uh be, you know because of the recent wars and we used to have sri lankans now we have uh, quite a bit of rohingya muslims from burma uh but all, all so many different places a lot of uh, uh you know afghanistan pakistan uh malaysia mm. um uh, a lot of uh, african countries mm. um you know i i mean most i mean i i i mean i can give you the statistics i don't have it right in front of my eyes but um that's basically most of our, our computers are given to congolese communities and syrians is what uh, i have because those are the top two uh, very few from india very i mean india is in north of india mm. and then uh, so uh, there were a bunch from sri lanka uh, a handful from pakistan a handful from afghanistan so on and so forth 
but yeah, significant population is from the South African, I mean, African countries. African countries, yeah, that's good, good um, helping them um, and um, taking care of the younger ones, especially with the technology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we took, I think it was in 2000, I don't know, whenever uh, Black Panther was released, uh, mm -hmm. we took, uh -huh. yeah, we took about, uh, I think we took about 25 kids <laughs> to watch Black Panther wow. uh, at the movie. And uh, one of one of our, uh, he used to work, David Kramer, he used to work with us, uh, volunteer at, uh, you know, PCs for Refugees. Uh, so at his work, they, they donated the tickets and... Uh, you know, Shahana, Riyadh, David, his girlfriend, now his wife, and me, and along with a couple of others who were from the community, uh, you know, elders, uh, took all these kids and shuttled them up to the theater. It was so much fun. And it was so moving to know that the kids, some of the kids there, they have never even been to a theater. Uh, not even oh, watched, wow. uh, they've never watched, it, watched a single movie ever in their life in, in such a big screen. That is, they yeah, are transformative. That's transformative for them. Yeah, yeah. Do they understand English and uh, do they, can they get to know like the cultural context or speaking the language they speak in the movies? You know, you know, the moment they go to school, they, they pick up quite a bit. It depends on, you know, how long they've been in school and how motivated they are. But I've seen, um, I would say 99% of the kids they pick up, you know, the language quickly. They make friends so easy. They play soccer, uh, and they do get the references. You know, the I mean, not not as much. I mean, you know, it'll take years to understand everything for sure. Uh, but you know, at their level, especially for a movie, they do pick up uh, most of it. They, it's easy. Yeah. They they get they get to understand quite a bit. And of course, you know, they learn from their their friends, from their peers. So. True, and it's a good cultural exposure to movies. Are absolutely, yeah. absolutely, especially movies like that. And also, it comes with some of something from their background, right? So, yeah. um, we wanted to we wanted to show them and take them to such a movie to see all the colors, give some things that they could relate to, and things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. We are almost moving to the last quarter of our um, conversation, Yasin. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, I would like to know who are your who are who your biggest donors are and um, what all you receive from them. Sure. Well, you've been to our office. I think our biggest donor is Welcome to America Project. I am on the board at Welcome to America Project as well. I am the as of now I am the vice president, mm -hmm. uh, but. We are pieces for refugees as such is uh, a refugee at Welcome to America project. So for us, the biggest donor is Welcome to America project. Uh, but we we work, I mean, we are you know catering to the same community. So Welcome to America project, what we do there is we give. Uh, so when a family comes and gets settled in the in, in the valley, obviously they're going to need things that a typical family would need. You know, the utensils, bedding, you know, all the toiletries and things like that. So Welcome to America project takes care of all of that. And then uh, we go in to fill in the technology needs, basically, you know, uh, uh, the computers and the internet and sometimes the other electronic devices and, you know, to hook up their TV and DVDs and things like that. Uh, there is another partner who provides them with, provides the families with the TV, by the way. And then we have bicycles coming from phantom cyclists. So that goes along. So it is a complete package in the whole oh, welcome nice. that happens, right? So they, they could take it to the school, they could take the ride, ride to uh, work, you know, things like that. And of course, they can go ride a bus, ride the bike to the bus stop, and then they ride the bus, you know, things like that. So Welcome to America Project is our biggest donor mm -hmm. uh, because they are, I mean, we don't spend anything for our as of now, at least. We used to have a separate office, but once we became refugees at uh, Welcome to America Project, uh, the one fourth of the warehouse is is accommodated by is occupied by us, and we don't pay for absolutely anything. You're not paying internet bill, no water bill, no electricity bill, nothing. Uh, we just take take the space. So I that we can't do without the WTAP, and we we hardly get any. We don't do uh, fundraisers, nothing. And then apart from I mean, but Welcome to America project is almost us. We are all the same kind of thing. Uh, so the next biggest would be AZ Strut. 
um, so Tom uh, AC Strat actually uh, Arizona student for tech recycling um, a students recycling tech AC Strat so they are on uh, they are in Mesa and that is so anytime we run out of stuff anytime we run out of computers laptops monitors you just have to send an email or call them up and go pick up. So that's basically how it is. So AC Strat helps other nonprofits. So as long as you are a 501c3 organization, a school, for example, you'll be able to get refurbished, recycled computers, from, I mean, um, repurposed computers from them. Yeah. Uh, whereas we uh, are a very niche, you know, very particular, we, the way we serve the community is very different. We don't give the, give the computers to organizations we help the families individuals so ac strut cannot do that by their bylaw they cannot do that so we partner very well and anytime our uh, needs are there is needs for us their board has been so magnanimous in you know accommodating our needs and you know that is also still serving the purpose yeah. serving the community right so we also at welcome to pieces for refugees we also believe in you know repurposing uh, recycling and all that, you know, you, you know, we met in the green group, so we are trying to be as green as we practically could be. Uh, and AZStrat is also doing the same thing. So that is also, if you can find a purpose for a really old laptop, give it to a kid, you know, beat it up and then recycle it, you still get the, you know, the, the, the last juice, a little bit of juice left in, the, in a computer. So yeah. those two are our biggest donors, but they are pretty much our partners. And uh, a synagogue here in Scottsdale, uh, Temple High, uh, uh, is our uh, is one of our community donors. Is uh, significant donors. Almost every month, except for this COVID situation, now almost every month we go pick up a car full of computers. Um, they are the biggest in, since that's been a record consistent uh, donor for a long, long time now. We have other churches, so many other people. Uh, help us our organization some of my clients give their old computers decommissioned computers just to us uh, but these are our top donors yeah that is we could not do without them at all i mean i can't thank them enough yeah yeah i think um i have heard about az strut for uh, we can recycle the our computers or the all sorts of electronics everything yeah right right and they repurpose if they can otherwise they'll they'll recycle it yeah Mm, right and i've read that they get students who can if they can build something out of all those recyclable materials then that's another innovation or the very creative way of using the that, that, that they are receiving correct so what uh, we used to do that too so what az strut does is like say iPads, for example, right? They, you know, people might want to be there, they're good hearted to donate, but unfortunately they won't be savvy enough to know that you have to remove the iCloud lock on it. Mm. So your device is locked and Apple will not help us with that at all, though it is a legitimate donation. And in fact, even with PCs for refugees, sometimes we find devices that were owned by computer, uh, like organizations and we'll have the tag on the backside. We have called organizations and, you know, shipped them back, something that is donated to us, but it was actually from an organization, probably a stolen device, but they didn't know or something of that sort. Oh, so yeah. what these, yeah, what, what AZ Strut does is have students come over, dismantle the device, you know, <laughs> take it in pieces and then put it back. So you end up using still, there is knowledge you derive out of it. Oh, yeah. right? That's yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's lovely, right? So there are other techies who come in who has that expertise. They'll guide them, and then these kids, you know, with all these tiny devices, I mean, tiny uh, screwdrivers and whatnot, uh, you know, do all that uh, cool stuff. And of course, that that's a learning. So uh, that's how that that's one of the purposes. And if we can repurpose it, uh, whatever we can, we always do it, right? Sometimes we also take things apart. Uh, we strip computers of some components that we could reuse, mm -hmm. uh, like you know, RAM, hard drives, and whatnot. So whatever we can, we always repurpose. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's amazing, Yakin. I wish I can. When I was a kid, I was exposed to that because you have that curiosity phase. Mm -hmm. You want to explore. <laughs> And if you are introduced to those things at that age, I feel you kind of, your learning is really rockets. And then after that phase, if you try to learn, it's my personality. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not at that level where I, it's like skyrocketing <laughs> <laughs> learning wise. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. 
but yeah, yeah as long as we have the interest and time you'll you'll generally be able to figure it out and if you're not frustrated patience is key but yeah i i hear you it's not the same i wouldn't be you I know mean, I, i tried to learn guitar and just because my pinky was hurting i stopped learning so <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah this is like adult problems right <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i always say this learn like uh, you know gandhi says uh, you know live like there is no tomorrow learn like you live forever uh, that's that's my motto live like you there is you know you'll die tomorrow learn like you will die if you don't learn it yes yes okay and um, i think last part of our uh, conversation here what are your uh, two questions right they are independent what are your biggest challenges right now as an organization if you're trying to in especially during covid you did touch base on that um, right now earlier when you were talking about uh, the number of laptops or the tablets that is being needed apart from that what has always been a challenge that you you can you know address with help of maybe with the help of people or you want more volunteers what would be one of those biggest things sure so since um, since my friend riyad the founder uh, moved out of uh, arizona <clears throat> he got married and he moved to california mm-hmm. so we used to have kids come over we used to have programs and we used to go see these families give them the computers talk to the families understand what they are going uh, through you know how these devices are being helpful and what not so we were you know pretty close to this community we were able to understand what is going on in the in the family what the kids are learning how, you know what is the progress that they are making which kid is making what kind of progress and so on and so forth right that net that close knitted uh, relationship that we used to have mm-hmm. i can't i'm not able to have it anymore mm-hmm. because of the language barrier mm-hmm. so most of them speak you know uh, so many other languages uh, apart from english and i can't speak any other language apart from you know tamil and uh, uh, english um i can understand a little bit of uh, hindi but not even urdu so i, I so that's a big that you know some such a handicap so now what happens is we basically just give the computers mm-hmm. and we sell them talk to them again unless they have a problem with it so we are actually working on it the covid thing caused a big delay in our whole plan for this whole year uh, but that that will be something that we would love to do you know have some kind of consistent uh, you know program uh, that will constantly keep the kids in touch with with us so that we'll know how they are learning what they are learning how the devices are being utilized uh what kind of you know if you find a new link if you find a new youtube channel that could be useful for the kids you just you know sending a link versus playing it with them watching it with them talking about it you know inspiring you're trying to get them inspired those things would be really valuable so that is one thing that uh, you know without volunteers you can never do that and i you know i i, I work a lot of hours every day so everything plays a role uh but i think having a lot of volunteers is one of the biggest challenges we've had building pieces is not a big deal for us mm. uh we have honed those skills we have we i mean shahana uh, being a naturopath and having no uh, hard you know ha- hardware skills she takes computers you know you know assembles them disassembles them fixes them and you know reinstalls everything and then is making pieces like mm. if i just let her be in the warehouse in like 2 hours she'll make 8 9 pieces uh so and we have other volunteers also to help with help us with that but the volunteers to be actually spending reliable consistent volunteers who can be inspiration to the to the kids and the families you know um uh, that is something that has been a challenge for us almost always even when riyad was here actually riyad was just it was just easy because riyad was speaking the language he spoke a little bit of arabic mm-hmm. we had other volunteers we were in touch with uh, to speak other languages uh you know like swahili and such um that's that's the biggest challenge of for the organization pretty much mm, okay so you you would need volunteers who can speak especially yeah, who, arabic who, right? yeah who know some kind of computer you know has some basic computer skills uh you know just to click a mouse you know go to a website open word excel powerpoint those are basic things mm-hmm. so if if somebody is 
I mean, also these are things that easily could be learned. Yes. Uh, so as long as you know the language and you have the inclination and the time to you know pick it up and give in small doses uh, to the kids, have a consistent uh, mentorship. That's all that that matters, right? We are actually right now we are working. This is for the through the Phoenix uh, 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 Care uh, mm-hmm. Act. We are working uh, to give fifty Rohingya families laptops and um, other stuff that they, that is, that they need to learn English. So mm-hmm. we are going to tutor them. So we are working on a program with another nonprofit. Actually, the uh, Scottsdale Mosque uh, is running that program, and Pieces for Refugees is involved in that. In that capacity to help them uh, get the project going and be able to help the 50 families and they were they've been behind because of uh, the communities or the schools that they've been in they've not been able to use the computers to learn english so they are behind they are not they whatever progress that they made is either stagnant or actually going back uh, yeah. so we wanted to jump in and go help that mm-hmm. so you know things like that so we need more more people to think for others be able to spare some time uh, I mean, the costliest thing you could ever spend is time, obviously. So yeah. that's all we need. That's been the biggest challenge for us always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand the, the giving time, especially for volunteering organizations. Yeah. Yeah. And also when we say PCs for refugees or, you know, this is uh, tech recycling, tech repurposing and all that, right? Uh, the moment there is tech, a lot of people think, oh, well, this is all about computers and stuff. Yeah. So there are two things. Either, you know, being somebody who is professionally in, a, in the IT world, uh, I have friends who are like, dude, this is what I do all day. I mean, all week. Don't make me do this even the weekend. Oh, yeah. That or the others would be like, no, I mean, this is all tech. I mean, it's not my forte. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I can help you. I can help you move things. That's generally what I get. So... Yeah, yeah, maybe creating like a orientation or something that uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've done that. So we have actually we have a uh, PCs for Refugees ASU club. We have a um, uh, a club in uh, PCs for I mean in ASU just for us. We call it PFRA. And uh, the the as long as your volunteers are uh, you know uh, or repeat volunteers, mm-hmm. it is useful. If you just you know have a orientation or a, like I said FMSC, you just go there once. You remember you don't have to remember. You don't have to do a lot of things. You just watch one video and you can do the job. Whereas you can't think of that in you know to fix a bicycle or to fix a computer, unless it is something very mundane like or just plug this mouse and see if it is working. Click this button and see if it is working. You know that's not kind of what we do, right? So we do some volunteering, but if you have, there should be some kind of committed consistency. I mean, it doesn't have to be every weekend, but every, you know, as frequently as somebody shows up, they'll be able to pick up the processes, understand what is going on, what is an imaging, how do we, what kind of software we give, why do we do what we do, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So next is, I think we're the last bit of um, the conversation, Yasin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, you being such a busy person while talking to you, our listeners might have gotten an idea how busy person you are and uh, you're already giving the time. So this is much more valuable. It's, it, I feel much more privileged to be talking to you and uh, you're sharing so much positivity, which is the goal of this podcast, actually. That's my goal to share things that we are we love enjoy doing and uh, sharing talking about those experiences sure no it is absolutely my pressure uh, so like i said I, I i should be the one thanking to to have been presented with such an opportunity uh, so yeah i mean time is one thing but you know making time for things that are so valuable is always the best thing you could do so absolutely thank you so last uh, thing is just to wrap up, right? You have um, you're doing the community work and environmental work, both of them. Mm-hmm. And what is that one thing that drives you to 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 give the selfless work that you want to do? Or is it because you have a childhood memory, or is it because um, you feel you enjoy doing it, or is it because 
the because of the kids you see what, what is that one thing uh, that in, that always gives you energy you know it's not something that comes and goes but it's always there inside you sure sure no everything that you listed is actually uh, those are all side effects those are things that keep you going of course there will be things that you end up seeing which might not be very motivating uh, uh, but what i mean for me every breath we take we came to this world for some reason and uh, yeah, every breath we take i mean everything is we take we grow from this country from this world from this earth uh, from the community from the people around so whatever we can do back uh, to the to the community to the world is something that we should try and do or at least we should try as much as we could so that's the only driving force so how can i make myself useful mm-hmm. uh, hopefully make that uh, make it useful enough that it will be having a cascading effect is basically how i think so that's pretty much it so if i have a free time if i have if i watch uh, too much movies in one day let's say i just want to do nothing i just what i mean towards the end of the day i feel like okay i think i'm starting to waste my time let me look into something else you know do something so it's just my my personality i, I think but uh, do what you have uh, what you can with what you have where you are is something that i strongly believe in so i don't believe in asking for donations i don't believe in uh, you know doing any fundraisers and things like that so the best i can with what i what i have uh, is basically what i work with so um, if not there will be other ways there will be something else that will satisfy the need if not me there will be somebody else who is doing the same thing if we just play a little bit of you know try to take the benefits of uh, uh, you know reap the benefits of uh, Uh, doing some good to the world that's pretty much it it's still something selfish <laughs> it it's a selfless selfish thought i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a conundrum maybe yeah <laughs> yeah uh, well yasin uh, thank you so much and uh, wish you very very best i also from our listeners sending all the positivity for yasin and uh, his wife shahana because they will be becoming new parents coming soon in november no january right january and first time parents yeah first time parents yeah jan in january so all all the all the work all the positivity and all the carry with that and uh, the lucky kid <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean with all such good people around us i'm sure it will be all uh you know feeling the kids will be feeling all lucky so mia thank you so much for having me on the show and i i hope it was useful and i hope it is useful for all the listeners as well uh it it is it's been a pleasure i really enjoyed it as well absolutely thanks Hope you all enjoyed listening to this special episode about PC for refugees and the president of that organization Yasin Jamaluddin. This is the month of giving and if you are looking for organizations to donate this is a very good organization that is in Arizona you can donate monetary funds or your computers that are working but you don't need them anymore. or any other gadgets you have extra that you've not been using think of them as being helping somebody use it and also learn and grow wrapping this up to look more for this if you go to www.pcforrefugees.com you will find a lot of information there and answers recycling donating anything you need We'll be back with another exciting episode. Until then, stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, welcome to Somi's Chai and Chat. Just to let you know, This is the last episode where 
the name Somi's Child Chat will be used because I put a lot of thought in this and I'm rebranding the name which resonates a lot with me and the name is Soul in the Game. So the story goes like this. I was um, listening to an audiobook called Anti-Fragile and in that the author that is um, N.N. Talib, Nassim Nicholas Talib, he talks a lot about having skin in the game and he just touches this topic where he talks about having soul in the game where people are completely involved in it and they have um, something that they totally believe and that is having soul in the game. Skin in the game is having a big stake in what we are doing but soul in the game is the next level to that. And that resonated a lot with me because I don't know what I have my soul in. Currently, I have been oscillating between a lot of my interests and I would like to put my whole soul in one thing. And that is my journey through this beautiful audio podcast that I will be creating over many, many episodes to come. So that is all about my soul in the game pitch and look forward to bringing in a lot more content, not just any content, quality content with soul in the game, which will inspire, motivate myself and my listeners. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.